0: week, I was telling you guys a, a little bit about what good news does to the heart of people, you know, and how we need to get good news, all right? Um, I don't know how many of you guys went out to see the new Star Wars movie. Anybody went out already to see Star Wars? Oh, come on, man. We need some help in this place. I, I, are you guys aware that the last Star Wars movie, all right, came out a few days ago, all right? There you go, Anthony. Anthony's a fan. I've gone to see movies with Anthony. It's nothing like watching a Star Wars movie with Anthony. He'll stand up in the middle of theater and start clapping, you know, when the characters start coming out. All right? Man I'm not going to give you any spoilers, all right? I was about to say something, but I don't want to ruin somebody's like, Pastor, now I'm not going to go see it, all right? So I'm gonna, I'm just going to drift away from there. I was going to say something, but since only a few hands went up, I'm going to move away, all right? But how many of us like good news? Raise your hands. How about I ask that question, amen? Good news are awesome, all right? Uh, you know, imagine you get the good news that... Uh, you know like my aunt that she wrote me this week my aunt nook and some of you guys know that i'm here because this lady prayed for 10 years all right for me to come to god and and she was dealing with 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 a tumor you know in her breast and uh they have found some things in the inside of her nose and she's been doing all kind of tests for the last six months and it hadn't been going well and they did the the autopsy and, and you know what i mean the biopsy i'm sorry and uh This week she went to the doctor and the doctor says, I don't know what happened. There's some scar tissue there, but there's nothing there anymore. You're completely good, you know? How about those news, you know, when you get news like that? And and she took the opportunity, because whoever knows my aunt, man, she will preach to a, a light pole. You know what I'm saying? If there's a light pole there, you know, she'll try to find life in it and share Christ with it, you know. And she says, well, that's the goodness of God. You know, we've been praying and he did that. And the doctors were like, well, something happened. And he goes, yeah, it was God. She made sure she he would know that. Those are great news, you know. How about if you have, you know, this big amount of depth and you don't know what to do with it, and all of a sudden something happens and you get to take care of that depth. How does that feel? You know, it feels like you take a weight off your shoulders. A burden, you know, is lifted out. Those are great news. Or if you have a child that doesn't want to do anything with God, he doesn't want to walk in the ways of God, and all of a sudden you see in them the desire to go after God and pursue uh, their purpose or something about receiving news like that that shakes us you know to to the core and two thousand years ago in a, in a little field outside of Bethlehem and I've had the opportunity to stand there many times you know that field looks today how it did 2,000 years ago, and there's little caves everywhere, because a lot of us think that Jesus was born in this nice little manger, you know, with, you know, a little hay here in the corner, you know, and a little cow here, you know, that is smiling, you know, they just paint all that stuff up for us, but that wasn't the situation. In reality, it was like a cave, all right? There's a bunch of caves, there's hundreds of caves in that field, all right? And that's what they found, because that's where they were taking the animals Okay, when the animals at night, it was cold and they would put them in the inside of the cave. So no animals, you know, like wolves or lions would come and eat the sheep. So the angels appear in that field as the shepherds are out there. And we're going to go to the scripture that Martha read a few minutes ago up here in the worship. Luke chapter 2, if you guys could go with me, Luke 2 verse 10 through 12. Luke 2 verse 10 through 12, and it says like this, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. These guys freaked out when they saw, you know, just the sky light up with all these angels, you know what I'm saying? These guys are just shepherds, they're out there, it's really dark, you know, this is a scary scene, all right? And the angel says, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. And I shared a little bit about that last week. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in A manger. Wow. So the angel says, I'm bringing you what? Good news. Can you say that with me? I'm bringing good news. I'm bringing good news. Those were the words that the angel brought. Don't we love people that bring good news? You know, I remember that there was some guys that I would go to school with that being around them was already bad news. You know what I'm saying? It was like, man, you know, stay away. But I don't know how I ended up, you know, hanging out with that crowd and stuff like that. But I remember in particular, there was this one person that I would try to avoid. You know why would I try to avoid? Because I knew that every time he would come and say something, it was something negative. Do you know people like that? I mean, you could be having the best day and they always see the cup half empty. You know, oh, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, but the forecast says it's going to rain tonight. It's like... (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, have a wonderful Christmas. I'll be by myself this Christmas. It's like, hey, man, you know, people like that. You're like, hey, you know, just keep your distance from them. You know, I want people around that are going to cheer me up, people that are going to speak, you know, into my life, people that are going to encourage me. You know, the Bible talks about this guy named Barnabas. He was a disciple of Jesus. And one of the, the names that they have for him, the encourager. Wow, man, that's an amazing name. People that will just come and encourage you and and lift you up. So the angels share, you know, and they say, hey guys, there's good news, it's for everybody. Uh, There's this baby that is about to be born, and he's gonna be the savior of the world. He's the Messiah, he's the one that Israel has been waiting for all these years, all these prophecies have been written about him. He's gonna be born right now. Now, when you hear that, you're like, okay, those are the angels. You know, those are the angels and and they're saying all these things about about Jesus. But I wonder what would Jesus say about himself coming into the world? You see, because Jesus was in heaven. Like I prayed a a while ago, you know, he's the king. He's receiving all worship unto himself. He has angels 24-7, you know. He's the king of kings, Lord of lords. The Bible says that everything that has been made has been made through him and has been made for him. And all of a sudden, you know, he decided to leave the throne of heaven to fulfill a desire that was in the heart of his father. And that desire was to have you and me near Him, but because of sin, there was a separation. So somebody had to come and live a perfect life. And somebody had to come and pay for your sins and mine. Because the Bible says that the wages, the payment of sin is death. So somebody had to come and do it. And it couldn't be an animal. In the Old Testament, they would sacrifice animals. And it was good for one year. But next year, the priest had to go and do another sacrifice. And the next year, another sacrifice. But the Bible says that Jesus' sacrifice was once and for all. That's amazing. Once and for all. So when Jesus is finally deciding to come down, He gets Himself in the body of that little baby. And all these angels are declaring His good news. The Savior, the Messiah, He's going to be born. But I wonder what Jesus had to say about it you see because that little baby that was there in the manger okay that little baby did not stay a baby he grew up he became a man and the bible says that he walked amongst the men and women of the day and the bible says that we saw his glory his glory the like the one and only son of God. So I wonder if the angel said, we bring you good news. The savior is born. I wonder if Jesus would coincide with that being said about himself. What would he say that he was bringing? Would he say he was bringing good news? You see, later on, when Jesus grows up, he's about to start his ministry. And the Bible says that he would go to synagogue. You know, he would go, you know, as it was accustomed to. And he goes to this little synagogue in Nazareth that, believe it or not, is still standing today in the same little place because Nazareth, the real little town of Nazareth hasn't changed much in all that time. And Jesus walks into that little chapel. And if you could read, if you could go in your Bible to Luke chapter 4, verse 16 through 21, he goes through the scrolls, okay? Back then, they would read these big scrolls. You would open them up like this, all right? They would contain them, you know, in these amazing, you know, like standing, and they were huge, and those rolls, you know, and you would just ride out, and you would just start opening them, okay? And that roll could go from where that Christmas tree is to where that Christmas tree is at. So he takes the roll, he opens it up, And he looks for the part, okay, and I'm just going to read it to you. Luke 4, 16 through 21. It says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. And he unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring, what? Good news. He has anointed me to bring, what? Good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll. He handed it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes of the synagogues looked at him intently. Then he he began to speak to them. This scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And he closed up the scripture. He gives it to the guy and he says, Hey, I'm the fulfillment of that that Isaiah spoke. I am the good news that you guys have been waiting for. It's time to set the captives free. It's time to let the blind see. And those that are oppressed lift off the oppression. This is the time that is coming right now. Now, the good news. You see, we all need to come to the point in our lives, church, where we need to recognize our need of good news. Our need for a savior, our need for a Messiah, our need for somebody that will come and step in between us and God, and 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 and, and will help us. You see, I was sharing you the story about yesterday. You know, going out to Homestead to do this toy drive, and 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 just at the end, Esby, myself, and 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 my kids, we ended up knocking in the door of this house of a family that they had come to where we had the table with the toys a little while before, and we had spoken to to the girl and to the young man. I even had prayed for him. And uh, they had such a cute little girl. She was about 10 months old, just beautiful. And uh when I saw that little girl, I'm like, man, I want to give her like a plush toy, you know. I want to give her like something that, you know, she could snuggle or, you know, hold on to and everything. So when I go to the table, we had ran out, okay, of all the plush toys. They just left. am like, man, we need to get this little girl. And I, they left, you know, and I go, where is it that you guys live? And they go, that little house right over there. I'm like, listen, I'm going to come back and I'll bring you this, this and that. And al ratico, I see that there's this huge bear sitting there on the table. I'm like, man, I don't know where this bear came from, but this is the plush toy I was looking for, you know? So I go, I'm like, can I have that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. So anyways, I tell him, hey, let's go. We're going to go to this house. I, we go, we knock on the door and we're like, hey, here's the, here's the plush toy that, that I promised, you know, that I was going to bring you. And uh, when we're there, you know, the, the guy goes, hey, he's 19 years old. Okay his wife is 19 years old. They have two kids already. All right. And living in terrible conditions. All right. And he goes, Hey, when is it that you guys have baptism in your church? And I'm like, well, we have baptisms first Sunday of every month. You know, he goes, because I would like to baptize my kids. You know, I'm like, all right, let me explain something. We don't baptize children. The reason we don't baptize children is I give them the whole spiel. Like, you know, in the Bible, you present the kids, baptism. It's a decision that we make as adults. You know, but we could present your child. And at the end, we exchange numbers. As he got, you know, our office number so that he could call us. And as we're walking away, you know, he calls us. We're already halfway down the street. He calls us back. And he's like, hey, you think you could come and pray for me and, and our kids? And we're like, sure. So we just walk back and he called his wife, you know, he got his kids. His mom was there. And I just felt, hey, share the good news with this guy. Just share the good news of the gospel with this guy. And all of a sudden, I just started speaking, all right? And I started sharing with him. He's all full of tattoos, you know. And I started sharing him, you know, telling him how God, you know, has a purpose for his life and loves him and, and all these things. And I, and I shared with him this. I told him, you know, when Jesus was going to be born, they were looking for a place for the baby to be born, and there was no place for him. They knocked on different doors, and they would say, this inn is full, this inn is full, this one's full. There's no space until they finally found the place. And I go, till today, God still knocks on different hearts. And a lot of times where there's no room for you, Jesus, I want to do my thing. There's no room for you, Jesus. I got my life planned out. There's no room for you, Jesus. I got to do this. But when I come back, you know, and he's just looking for a place that is willing to receive him. And as I was telling this guy that his name is William, you saw like tear come down like that. And he goes, I want to give him room. He could come. And I'm like, boy, we don't need to do anything else. All we need to do is pray right now. And I go, you want to do it too to his wife? She goes, I I, I want to make this decision. And right there, like I was saying, in a little house next to this big field, that family together with, you know, us that were there, you know, closed our eyes. We took their hands and the good news of Jesus came to that family that day. Now that doesn't mean they're out of the situation. That doesn't mean that the moment that they made that prayer, they were teleported to a house with three rooms and two bathrooms, you know, and a nice car parked outside. Actually, he showed me his car. He goes, you're not going to believe, but that car that is all, you know, crashed up right in front, that's my car. I got in a horrible accident, and I just opened the door and got out of the accident without nothing happening. And I'm like, that's God, man. You know, he protected you. There's some that can't say that, but he protected you. You see, those are the good news that Jesus came to bring to each of us. Now, to every person in this room, those good news might look in a different way. You might be needing a different news than the news that I need. But let me tell you something. The God that we have, he is faithful. And the God that we have, he knows exactly what you need. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, and I love it, that Beyond anything that you could think of or imagine. Can you imagine that? That's crazy. Beyond, I'm sorry, what you could think of or ask for. Even things that you don't ask for. He already knows you need them. He knows which are the good news that each of us need in this place. And when Jesus is summarizing up, you know, what it means, the good news that the angels were saying, when He speaks about it Himself, He says, You know what? I came to bring the favorable year of the Lord. That's how He summarized the good news. Me being here is the favorable year of the Lord. And let me tell you something, that favorable year is upon each of us even till today. It was not one year, calendar year. It was a season that he opened up over each person. It's a season of mercy. It's a season of grace. It's a season of God's favor over us. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I don't see that favorable year anywhere. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking for it, but I can't find it. It must be in some sort of box or something hidden away from me. Cause boy, I see everybody happy, but I, I, I'm not too happy this Christmas. I, I don't see too much, you know, uh, 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 of, the, of this goodness. There's bills that I gotta pay and I can't pay. There's sickness in my body and and I haven't been able to, 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 to get healed. My family is breaking up or my children don't listen to me. Or I feel that my husband is further away from God than ever before. Whatever the situation is that you're going through, let me tell you this morning that there is good news in the midst of all that craziness. A situation happens that when we're in the middle of a mess, in the middle of something tough, it's hard to see it. It's hard to see it when you're going through something, but it's there. You know, I want to tell you that sometimes even in your faith, you could doubt, and it's okay. One of the greatest guys, Jesus actually said that the greatest man born out of woman, you know who it was? He said it was John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, this amazing guy, you know, just since the moment, listen to this. This is crazy. This is crazy. And and you guys that are, the people that are here this morning that are pro-life, you know, that believe in life in the womb and believe in the design of God, this is amazing. The first person to ever recognize Jesus was not a born person. It was an unborn person. Because the baby said that the baby leaped when he was in his mother's belly. When Elizabeth, John's mom, hugged Mary, the baby leaped inside. Don't tell me that that's not a person. (laughs) He recognized that the Messiah was there. So John was recognizing Jesus even before being born. He grows up. He starts preaching about Jesus coming and prepare the way for him. One day Jesus is coming. He goes, behold, the Lamb of God. He takes away the sins of the world. There he is, the one I've been announcing all this time. There he is. And then Jesus just walks up to him and tells him, "Let's go. I need to get baptized by you." And he goes, "I can't be baptizing you. You should be the one baptizing me. I'm not even fit to untie the soles, you know, the the the, the, the you know, your shoes." And Jesus says, "Come on, you need to do it. You're the one that's been baptized. We need to do this. We need to fulfill our righteousness." So Jesus gets baptized by this guy named John. And once Jesus gets baptized by John, the following day. Okay, Jesus is walking by, and Jesus tells his disciples, don't continue, I mean, um, John says to his disciples, don't continue following me, he's the Lamb of God, go ahead and follow him. He sends his disciples after Jesus. But check this out, John gets imprisoned after that. Okay, and he's in jail, and things are not going good for him. And all of a sudden, while he's in jail, he calls a few of his disciples. They come to see how he's doing. And John, the one that recognized Jesus when he was in the belly. John, the one that baptized Jesus. When you go to Matthew 11, listen to this verse 2 through 5, it says John the Baptist was in prison. And when he heard about all the things the Messiah was doing, he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Or should we keep looking for someone else? You see, when you're going through something tough, you don't see no good news, even though you might have been in church, you might have worshiped, you might have tied, you might have made a commitment to first, you might raise your hand, be part of a ministry, but when things get tough, you start doubting. And it's okay. Because look what Jesus does. Should we be expecting somebody else? And Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. And the good news, there it is again, is being preached to the poor. Jesus does not get bothered by John's question. He just starts healing a couple of more people. Setting a couple of more people free. And he tells us, John's disciple, hey, go tell John over there that he's doubting right now because he doesn't see any good news anywhere, tell him that there are good news and that people are being set free and the blind are seeing. The good news of Christmas, guys. That's the name of this series that I've been, this is part two. The favorable year of the Lord, what Jesus called it. Even if you don't see the results right now. I want to tell you something that's very powerful in what happened here. If you don't see the good news in yourself, start seeing it in those around you. You see, John couldn't see it because he was in prison. So what Jesus did is he healed a couple of people and told this is that go tell John what you're seeing. He needs some faith. He needs to be, you know, encouraged. When you can see a way out, Look at the people around you and see what God is doing in their life. And say, if he's getting a way out, my way out is coming soon. I might not see it right now. I might not see my breakthrough yet. But if he's getting breakthrough, oh, God is working. And he's close. He's in our midst. That breakthrough is coming to me. Don't start saying, oh, why does he get it and I don't get it? Why are they receiving good news and I'm not receiving good news? No, no, no. Just start praising God. Hey, God is in our midst. Hey, did you hear what God did to so and so? Did you know what God did to this person? You start lifting yourself up. You guys listening to what I'm telling you? Because when all you hear is bad news and you speak to yourself and what you speak to yourself is not good either. Oh my God, it's hard. So Jesus starts doing all these things around him. And goes, tell John what you're saying. Tell John what you're hearing. Tell John. So I want you to write this down. What are the good news of Christmas? I'm going to give you three quick things. Okay, what are the good news of Christmas? The good news of Christmas, number one, is that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. That's what the Bible says. Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. 1 or John 3, the second part of verse 8, it says, but the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. The Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. If you look back in your family line and you see the enemy working, let me tell you something. The Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Whatever has been in your family line, if you have Jesus in your life, you say, you know what, that's going to break off in the name of Jesus. It's not going to reach my kids it's not going to reach my grandkids. It stops here. It stops with me. Because he came to destroy the works of the devil. And if you sing the work of the devil around your life and your personal life, you take a stand and you proclaim, I have Jesus in my life. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. I do not give a place to the enemy here. There's been moments where I've had to stood up in my house and I'm sharing these things just because, you know what? It's my life. And we go through things. Just because we're pastors doesn't mean that we're exempt. And there's been moments at nighttime in my house where we've heard noises. We've heard stuff. And we're like, man, that was real. I'm like, did you hear that? I tell my wife, did you just hear that? This guy's trying to interrupt my sleep, man. And my sleep is precious to me. You know, I got to get at least six hours of bed rest. And I get up. I turn on the lights, and in the name of Jesus, I start walking around, and I start praying, and I start casting out devils, and I start, in tongues, I start praying, and I start to declare, this is the house of a son of God, and devil, you don't have authority in this place, and Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy, so there's no room for you in this place. Why? Because I hold on to the promise and to the word of God. And I understand that that's part of the good news. Jesus came to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. So I want you to look at your life. If there's areas in your life where you look and you say, Man, this doesn't look too good. This doesn't look like God to me. You say, I'm not going to give the devil a place in my life. I'm not going to give him a place in my life. Jesus came to destroy his works. He has no authority. Number two, The good news of Christmas is that Jesus came to restore the kingdom of heaven to earth. And you're like, well, what is the kingdom of heaven? What does that look like? What does it mean bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth? Matthew 4.17. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want you guys to look at me real quick. Jesus came to bring a kingdom because man lost a kingdom. Man lost dominion. In the book of Genesis, what man lost was the dominion that God had given him. Okay, in Genesis 1, 26, 27, and 28, God gave Adam the dominion over this earth. And when Adam sinned, listen to this, what he lost was what God gave him, the dominion of this world, the kingdom of God. And when Jesus came, he came to bring back everything that Adam had lost. He brought back the kingdom. And healing the blind, healing the sick, raising the dead, doing all these things. These are the signs that the kingdom of God is here. In other words, there's a kingdom that is more powerful than the kingdoms of this earth. And it's the kingdom of God. There's a kingdom that overrides And I'm going to tell you something. Maybe right now all you see is what you see with your eyes. But let me tell you something. The Bible says that everything we see was created from what we do not see. In other words, one day this kingdom ends. And the one that remains is his kingdom. It's in our midst. Jesus says the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's here. It's now. It's peace. Kingdom of God, part of the kingdom of God is peace. Are you always anxious? Are you always frustrated? You feel you have no peace? Even in the middle of your storm, you could have peace. That's part of the kingdom. You can have joy. And you're like, Well, Pastor, the last time I had joy was 1985. Come on now, man. Ronald Reagan was president. Like, come on. (laughs) Part of the kingdom of heaven is joy. You can have joy in your life. Pastor, there's nothing to be joyous about. Come on, man. Like I just said, at least rejoice with these stories I'm telling you what God is doing. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness. What's righteous? Being in right standing with God. Being in right standing, not on your own, but because of what Jesus did. Being in right standing, you say, God, thank you. So Jesus came to bring back what? The kingdom. To destroy the works of the devil. That's good news. And the third thing, He came to reconcile us with the Father. Luke chapter 19 verse 10. It says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. So you see, there was a moment that Jesus said, the healthier are not the ones that need a doctor, is the sick. So if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I feel lost. Oh, you're in a good place, because He came to seek you. Oh man, Pastor, I'm sinking in this life. Oh, you're in a great spot, because He came to save those that find themselves in the condition that you find themselves. And I want to close this morning before I pray with you guys. Back in the book of Isaiah, there's another summary, I could use that word, of what the good news of Christmas would look like. In Isaiah 35, verse 4 through 7, I want to declare this word over you, church. Isaiah 35, verse 4 through 7. I want you to hold on to this with your heart. This is what the prophet or the God said through him. He said, say to those with fearful hearts. If you have a fearful heart this morning, this is for you. It says, be strong and do not fear. For your God is coming to destroy your enemies. He is coming to save you, and when He comes, He will open the eyes of the blind and unplug the ears of the deaf. And the lame will leap like a deer, and those who cannot speak will sing for joy. Springs will gush forth in the wilderness, and streams will water the wasteland. If you feel that your life is like a wasteland, this is a promise for you. There will be streams that will water you. The parched ground will become a pool and springs of water will satisfy the thirsty land. Marsh grass and reed and rushes will flourish where the jackals once lived. So this is a promise of God for you of the flourishing, of the life that comes with the good news of Jesus. I want to ask you to close your eyes where you're at right there. Because these are all promises of the Bible. They are good news in this Christmas. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to restore the kingdom. And he came to restore our relationship with God the Father that was broken. do you feel there's good news for you this Christmas let me tell you there's a promise of God for you there's a promise of God for you be strong this world's this word says and do not fear for your God is coming to destroy your enemies do not fear Father, I want to thank you, my God, for each person in this place this morning. I want to thank you, my God, because you're moving upon their lives today. And as we come, Father God, into Christmas Day and into the end of of, of another year and of a decade, Lord, I declare, my God, that you're moving on our behalf, Lord God. And even if I'm going through a tough situation like John the Baptist was, Lord, I decide to believe, not maybe by what I'm living, but by what I see that is going on around me, Lord. I hold on to the faith of those maybe that are around me in a moment where my faith is lacking. And Father, we want to thank you, my God, because I believe that in... This Christmas, you're going to do something amazing in our lives, my God. We worship you, Lord. We bless you. We thank you, Lord. We bless you, God. You're a good God. And right there with your eyes closed, if there's people in this place today that would like to invite Jesus into their heart and make them your Lord and your Savior, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I invite you to come into my life. I make room for you. There's room for you in my heart, Jesus. Today I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I ask that you would forgive all my sins and that you would take me by the hand into the arms of my heavenly Father and fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may walk in the purposes and the plans that you have for me. Thank you, Jesus, for you are good. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done. Thank you, Lord, for the good news that you bring into my life. In your name we pray. Amen.